0: Heyo! Today we are talking about writing because it's so important, but also creative expansion and the fact that this happens in pockets of the world and not in others. And why? And how can we keep pushing for this expansion to happen everywhere? Because Everyone is creative. Everyone is capable of expanding in that way. And I think a lot of us were just told or shown that that wasn't something that was possible as a track. And so we were shown a sure track. And I think sure tracks are important, um, but they can also be limiting for those who are capable of more. And I think we're just pushing people into sureness that is going to limit or hurt them down the road. And obviously that's probably an important piece of their journey, but what kind of geniuses have we stopped forcing them into a system that didn't fit? Let's go. Welcome to the Death of a Dream podcast where we do dreams. And finding that alignment in season four has been very important because this is the truth of all the work that the death of a dream becomes. And rolling out the first book this season related to that sort of creates this journey and this pathway for people to recover and go after the things that they want in this life. It's moving people through this transition of something doesn't feel quite right. How do I feel my way back there? And I'm excited to be expanding that work in season four and to even be still showing up for what will be the death of a dream and all the beautiful things that we do to change the world together. We've gone through some crazy seasons, we've gone through some more quiet and reserved seasons, seasons of attack, and we're finally experiencing the first season of alignment and building. We have found a foundation and I am very excited to be building right along with all of you. Hey welcome to the Nuth of a Dream Podcast where we do dreams. I'm your host, Hannah Banana Nuss <laughs> Banana, Hannah Banana. Listen. <laughs> oh, Hannah Banana, I tell you. Uh okay, let's go ahead and crown ourselves in our greatness. This is where we take time to own things that we are doing that are greater, above average, that make us feel like we are owning the moment. And fine, every day? Hannah, that seems extreme. Okay, listen, we're only here five days a week, so five days? Can you pull something out of your hat five days out of the seven? Yes, you can. And making greatness a part of your daily practice, daily exercise, extracting that from the work that you're doing, from the way that you're showing up in life is a way to shift that internal speak in the direction that you need it to go in order to chase your dreams. So, greatness grounding. Here we go. Um, (laughs) My great thing was yesterday sitting down, putting on my glasses, Forcing myself to do things that I do not regularly enjoy. And when I started building my business, one of the founding principles four years ago when I started was that, like, I will know how things work. And yesterday I was listening to a podcast that said, like, as you're being led, if you hope to be a leader someday, write down the things that you liked about leaders that you had so that you can implement that into your future leadership style. And one of the things that I wrote when I first started was that I will understand how this works. Whatever I build, I will build myself so that I know the intricacies, the ins and outs, all of the things like, yes, in a perfect world, we could outsource that. I know that I'm not good at keeping this or that. I know that I don't know how to do those things. I know that I am not an expert. I know that this is not something that is in my wheelhouse of wonderful. This is not a strength for me. And I know that I have to keep pushing myself to better understand how this operates and who best to put in these positions. And the only way for me to understand that is to do it myself and be like, this is painful because I don't have this attention to detail. I'm not a killer. I'm not all these things, right? I'm like this little thing. I enjoy the vision, where we're going, how we get there, creating new things And being able to sort of spread my wings. I do not enjoy being bogged down by the fact that I (laughs) created this business and now I have to figure out how it works and I have to do the daily things. And even though the daily things are not (coughs) something, and I was explaining this to my husband last night, we did great in training yesterday morning. as we are starting to get our kids up to kind of create a daily process for themselves. This is how they would operate if they left our home or if we were ever to leave. This is something that we want implemented into their lives. And so we have to teach them how to implement said things, teach them, help them learn how they could do this for themselves. (coughs) And so I was explaining, my six-year-old did really great at the things that we had done the day before that she had sort of mastered and felt really great about. She struggled to do the things that she was having to learn when she wasn't able to do them right away as an expert. (laughs) And I was like, the struggle is real on that one because I feel the same way. Anything that is not in my wheelhouse of expertise that I have to take time to learn, podcast, understand, keep learning about, I enjoy the learning process. However, I do not enjoy not being able to pull up and get it on the first try. I will do that. I will keep showing back up because I am stubborn, because I enjoy accomplishing something. I don't enjoy not being able to figure something out. And so it will bother me until I can figure it out. And I'll keep showing up until I do. But it's not easy. And it is painful. And for me that looks like paperwork and bookkeeping and <laughs> learning all of that like miserable non-creative very exact even though i love statistics for that reason um when i don't have a clear process for how i do that it takes me a while to pull up and invent one and usually i'm not inventing i'm finding and modeling from something else. And so a lot of the things that I have done, I believe even things that didn't work out have led me to know how to do this, to give me a guiding principle to build other things off of. And so I finally pulled up a chair, got it done, um, got some of it done, I feel like created a process that I can implement and engage in what I'm doing. And I feel great about that because one, it's been a struggle to get here because it 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 isn't as fun as like telling a story or posting on social media or creating something new or finding a new service line and running towards that, like it just isn't as fun. And so it's definitely something that I don't like to do. It is flexing a side of my brain that I can flex, but that I don't like to have to flex because I know that this is uncharted territory. This is something that we're going to have to invent and yikes. Run. I love wondering about things. I love thinking through things, what could be possible. I do not love figuring out how to make it possible, unless it's something that I've done before. But I'm telling you, with even, even with things that I have done before, it takes time. It takes pulling up the chair and not getting it done pulling it up again and not getting it done pulling it up again and trying something getting frustrated because i i i had to think i had to engage i had to really push myself and not getting it done and then finally pulling up pushing myself to find something that exists finding something that works for me that i can implement that i can engage in and just pushing the gas pedal down. And friends, it is a painful process for me, but I feel great that I finally got that done and that I am the one creating these processes because from a solid process that you understand and this is the part of leadership, I didn't want to be a leader who didn't understand the why it was built this way. Fully right, like I didn't want to grant that to anyone else because I felt like then I'm not going to understand why. And remember working for those bosses that you're like, they don't even understand what I do. I didn't want to be one of those bosses, I wanted to be the one that could sit right by you and you could explain to me why you were wanting to do it this way, and I could look at it and be like, yeah, that's better. Than how I taught you to do it. Go for it. Or I could sit there and say, hey, this is why X, Y, and Z. Why do you think this is better? This is why we went this way. What do you think this improves upon? Right? And be able to have those conversations from this very real place of having built it, put my fingers in it. Know all the whys behind That way. And I think from a leadership perspective, I'll feel very grateful someday to be able to speak from I built all of this, right? And like people have come in and added, and we were able to add amazing people to our team because we knew how this was going to work. And they came and invented off of a process that was already existing, right? They made it better. They added to it. They bought into that process and they saw how they could make it better. But without building that, what are they buying into? And why would they buy into yours if they could do it themselves and you know i think furthermore process development is something that is extremely important to me consistency right because it allows for consistency and that is of utmost importance in how we do all of this and that consistency piece that driver is is so very vital so my great thing is being the kind of leader that I hope people want um, built off of what I wanted, how to leaders. And I wanted leaders who knew, who had not been so far removed from how all of this works to make recommendations based on information they had no idea about. And hopefully someday, you know, maybe we are that big maybe we can still understand how all of this works because all of us lead from that place of knowing how this works because we were the ones who made it work and making recommendations off of that and building and bringing in teams that are more powerful because we are coming from this place of actually knowing how all of it works so that's my great thing. Go ahead and take time for yourself. Recognize yourself for your greatness. Um, I'm currently reading a book on Write for Life. And it's Write W R I T E Write for Life. I think that's the title. Either way, they're talking about how important writing is. And I know that I've hit on that before and you're probably all going, will you just write your stupid book so you quit talking about how excited you are about writing your next book, which I am. And even more excitingly, I feel like this book will likely be a two-part book. Da-da-da-da. And it actually will be a two-part book, I'm calling it right now. Yeah, you heard it here first, friends, and, oh, or maybe it's one very long book, probably two parts. I like books to be approachable. I like that you could sit down and read my book in one night. I feel like that is how it's supposed to be ingested, and so it's probably a two-part book because... I have gotten books that are thick AF, and I have been like, so I'll get to that. Like me, me. Oh, right. And they're intimidating and they're impeding your willingness to read. And the reason that I write the way that I do, the reason that I want it to be simple and short is so you actually read. I know that I'm writing to an audience who isn't a reader traditionally. And so I don't want to put out books that are going to hurt or stop that in any way. And, yeah, that's really it. (laughs) And so, yeah, I know, I know, but I am excited. And in this book, they're talking about just, just writing and why we don't. And what stops us? And a lot of it boils down to what I have talked about before. um, You know, schooling. And how teachers are these like wonderful, amazing beings. I don't know how... How we got so blessed in this life to have humans that want to give back in this world in this way. I think it's so beautiful and pure and they are amazing. Because, listen, I like love my children to death. My children. I don't know how people love... So many children, so holy and so fully every single day. It would drain every ounce of life out of me. I promise you this. And (laughs) I love kids in small doses and I don't know how they do it. But this is what they're talking about. The fact that teachers are held to this like crazy standard of tests and how school has really become this, like, again, a resume marker, a, a thing that we have to pass and complete and it's mostly test driven. And so this creative side of life really isn't something that we can test. And so it's not something that we find all that important in schools. There's no way to really measure it. What's good, what isn't. And so writing largely has fallen by the wayside. And it's also something that you're either pushed in and believed in, right? And that's what I find really interesting about creativity. It's like every single person is creative And only a select few around the parts that I'm from actually pursue that as something that they could do. Now, what is contributing to that? So in this book, she's talking about how a teacher early on told her she was a writer. And now she is. She's a professional writer. She wrote this book, obviously. She has wrote, written many books. She writes for different publications and is a writer by trade, by profession. She is a writer. And she talked about the importance of that teacher early on telling her, you are a writer. And you think about how many things people say to us in the grand scheme of life. And some stick and some don't. And here's the reality. (sighs) Sorry. (laughs) Some stick because we latch onto it. We go, okay, yep. Whatever you want me to be. I can be that. I can be that. Hi, my name is Hannah Ness and I am a recovering whatever you want me to be. I can be that addict. Hello. Nice to meet you. And we listen and engage with those truths or untruths or whatever has been spoken into us. And so either that was or that wasn't spoken to you. And if it wasn't, if there was no one pumping into this idea that creativity is something that you could pursue as a career, if there wasn't anyone engaging and investing in you exploring creativity, because... Listen, if you hand a preschooler a crayon, they are not going to go, "Mm, I'm not creative. I couldn't just draw. (laughs) I couldn't just draw. No, they're going to freaking draw. You know what? They're going to draw on the wall. They're going to draw on that piece of paper. They're probably going to draw on the fridge in the room. They're going to try to draw a picture on everything because they are the greatest gift to creativity and drawing that has ever been born and unleashed in this world. But if you handed that same crayon to a 20-year-old, my guess is, the reaction would be quite different and it would probably sound a lot like I'm not creative or I don't draw. But all of us did at one point. So is it just a story that we've been told and sort of my hypothesis around this in areas where creative careers are not in plenty? I think that we're just being told a different story. And I would say from my experience, that wasn't something that was like readily available. If you wanted to be a writer or an artist or a fill in the blank with a creative career, that wasn't something that you could go job shadow on. And if you did, because I remember in high school having those conversations or maybe middle school hey, I want to be this, you would be pushed into the corporate aspect of that. So I was pushed to graphic designers who worked for corporations, and I was pushed to write all of these very corporate ideas of what that could be. I wasn't handed over to free writers. I free. Lancers, I wasn't handed over to artists who had galleries. I wasn't handed, and maybe it was because we didn't know them, but that therein lies the problem. In places where that is scarce, does the talent not exist, or is it something we don't feel comfortable pushing people to because we don't know who to push them to? And that's what I wonder. Right? Because, and I say this all the time, we are a broken wheel right here. Do not worry, but it is important to think about where creative careers are being pursued at a higher percentage compared to places where they aren't. And not that it's not possible to do that here, just that you're going to have that disbelief spoken into you early enough that you probably don't go after it at all. You start planning for your two-year trade school career because that's really the only option that you've been presented with if that's something you want to pursue. And even if it is, you got to make money. And that's what I was told growing up. Well, yeah, that's great that you're creative, that you want to do something with that, but you got to make money. So you need to go down this business side of it. Maybe there's a way to do it that looks like something that could pay your bills. Because art is not that. Creativity could never do that. Right? And so this is to push back, like, We're not writing in schools because there's no way to test it, but we're also not writing in schools because there's no way for us to teach the monetization of that in a consistent manner. We couldn't just be like, hey, go to this two-year program and you'll get this job and you can write. No. The path to writing as a career is going to look like start writing, (laughs) get guidance from, well, hopefully you have a good creative writing teacher. There's a possibility that there's no writing program at all anymore. Um, but but start to nurture that, start to try. Hopefully someone tells you that you're good and that you should pursue this, but it's likely that they won't. And even if they do, when you come home, it's likely that your home will not be pushing you to do that. And so if you really wanted to do this, if you haven't listened to all of the haters that you shook hands with at your graduation party and said, like, I'm going to go be a writer. I'm going to go be an artist. And they said, Okay. But where are you going to school? And you said, well, I don't know. Um, I was just going to write. Oh, okay. So where are you going to work? What are you doing? Right. And okay. Let's live for a little bit. Let's be realistic about this. Maybe that's not real. I'm going to go act. Um, Okay. And then those people who are shaking your hand, some of them, what's your backup plan? Because yeah, we know you want to act. We know you want to write, but like eventually, (laughs) what are you going to do? You better go to school. You better go to school. And then we just keep whittling away at this possibility that This is something that we could pursue. And when we don't have that possibility, when that's not something that we're capable of understanding how to get there, we give up, we give in, we we go to the trade school, we just start chipping away at a life that we were promised. This was the higher denominator. I don't even know if that makes sense because math... This was the thing that you had been told more often. That this was more possible for your life than the other. Look at how we plan. Everything that is done is really based around just checking these boxes. And so it's not crazy that we would go into life with that same expectation that... We are supposed to be able to check the box. we get the job, we make the salary, we buy the car, we buy the house, we do these things, and this is how life works, and that's what's supposed to make us happy and successful. But we don't think about the fact that, like, happiness is not really a box that we can check. There isn't an exact equation. There isn't a perfect instance and alignment. When are we talking about alignment and happiness? We're not. We're talking about performance and standards and structure and tests. And yes, all of this is important, certainly. But there is this importance of creativity and art And the ability to express the things that we are feeling and seeing. And that can be done through writing. And even if you're not a writer, and a lot of people stop themselves from writing because that's what they will say. Well, I'm not a writer. Well, who told you that? How are you not? We are all writers. We are all storytellers. You are telling and projecting a story about yourself and your life every day that you wake up, whether you are a podcaster or not, whether you are a writer or not, whether you are a storyteller or not, you're doing that work. You are creatively telling that story. You absolutely are. And being able to do that, being capable of doing that, really just comes from a willingness to. And our willingness to do anything usually comes from people pushing us to try it. If we've been told that we didn't, couldn't, shouldn't, right? Why couldn't we do that? Why couldn't we be this person? Why couldn't we be a writer? Well, maybe, maybe you dreaded, right? Because for me writing, I loved the creative expansion of it, but seeing my work destroyed by red pen and structure hurt every creative bone in my body. Like what? Because for me, I'm not an expert. I'm not good at this thing right away. It's going to be painful. Do I want to return? And I would never be good at that. Listen, my last book was so full of red tape and marker that I was like, I avoided opening it for about three weeks. Because it was that same second grade experience of getting that paper back from Mrs. Walden and realizing that, like, yikes, I might not be a good writer. Well, I am still a good writer. I am still creative. I find flow. I'll get better as I keep doing it. But, like, that experience, that monetization, that that red pen on what was meant to, from my perspective, be a creative expansion sort of shut me down right away and told me that I was not a writer. But red pen is meant to continue pushing us to explore the bounds of our creativity. And you are a writer, regardless of the red pen. As always, you're smart, you're strong, you're beautiful. What are you going to do? Change the world. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Make sure that you support any creative that is doing work. And that's simple. Just comment, like, share, review things for them so they keep bringing their art into this world, changing it and making it a more beautiful place. You can do that with all of this work here. Feel free, share, review. I write and post every weekday just to help expand my own light in hopes that it helps expand others. And you can find me at hannaness.channel on all socials, help follow and share and expand this work. And you can find all of my offerings and products at hannaness.channel as well. Change the world.